But uh, as you watch the New Year's Eve countdown, maybe you've, you've watched something in the States or across Canada, but, but I just thought it was interesting, almost with an exception, everyone was commentating about how happy they were that 2021 was behind us. And uh, maybe I'm just a cynical person, but, you know, I couldn't help but think, yeah, 2021 is behind us, but only the Lord knows what's ahead of us. And that's not to be pessimistic, but it just reminded me as I was preparing the word for this morning how important it is for us to realize that as we stand on the threshold of a new year, that we move into that new year as the people of God. We're not just anybody. We are the people of God. We are people who carry the presence of God with us wherever we go. And as we move into a new year, and maybe there's still some uncertainties, we can do so with a confidence. We can do so with a real sense of clarity if we choose to be people who not only believe in Jesus, but people who actually are walking with Jesus. People who are being shaped by him, people who are being strengthened by him, people who are receiving just fresh revelation of his word and, and just our, our ear to the spirit of what he is doing, and that we decide to be part of that. I can't think of a better portion of scripture, or selection of scripture to look at this morning than the words of Jesus himself, that before leaving the disciples, he left with them what we call the Great Commission. And the Great Commission, very simply, is his final assignment. His final words, when you think of all the things Jesus could have said, and yet before he leaves them physically to return to heaven, before sending the Holy Spirit, these are the words that he chooses to leave with them. And if that's the fact, then it says to me, these are very important words. The words we want to hear, the words we want to embrace, we want to memorize if need be, these are the words that we take as our marching orders as the people of God. There's a selection of scriptures. I've just chosen a few. One is found in Matthew 28. We're very familiar with it. Jesus has met with the disciples after, after going to the cross, being buried, and raising from the dead. He appears to his disciples. And this is what Matthew writes in Matthew 28. The 11 disciples went to the hill in Galilee where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, even though some of them doubted. Jesus drew near and said to them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded or taught you. And I will be with you always to the end of the age." John records, it was late that Sunday evening and the disciples were gathered together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. Then Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. After saying this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy at seeing the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive people's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. You know, in the same way, not to read too much into it, but we can be living in a day today as believers, if we're not careful, that we're fearful of the authorities. I don't mean that in a negative word, but we become fearful of things that are spoken, fearful of narratives that are out there. And I believe Jesus would say to his people, Peace be with you. I give you peace in the midst of all of this, and I've got a great work for you to do in the midst of it. And then Acts chapter 1, Luke writes, when the apostles met together with Jesus, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time give the kingdom back to Israel? Are things going to return to the norm? 
Jesus said to them, the times and occasions are, not, are, are set by my Father's own authority, and it is not for you to know when they will be. Don't waste your time trying to figure out how everything is going to be. This is all you need to know. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power, and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, as I mentioned, before Jesus left this world, he gave his disciples in that day what we call the Great Commission. The commission, again, is just another word for an assignment. But his intention was not only to assign a work for us to do. His intention was to assure us that he was going to give us the ability to do what it is he's called us to do. He is going to give us the ability to penetrate a culture that is so bound by paganism, that is bound by uncertainty and fear, that is bound by so many things. He's going to give us the power to penetrate that culture and to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. What's more, he says that just as Jesus ministered in love and truth and miracles, so those he trained ministered the exact same way. There was no variation. They did the very same things Jesus did in the same spirit that Jesus did them. They changed their world from generation to generation. And so this morning for a few moments, I want to look more closely at this great commission that we read of throughout the scriptures. And I want us to come away this morning resolved that this year we are going to be more than anything else, we are going to be disciples of Jesus Christ. I am going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ to the extent that he outlines in his words, go to all peoples everywhere and tell them the good news. I want to be that kind of disciple that looks for opportunity day after day after day to bring salvation, to bring hope, to bring deliverance, to bring truth, to bring freedom to people who are around us. Why is that so important that that become our mandate, that become our resolve in 2022? Well, I believe one reason is because our society has become so bound by just a spirit of, as I mentioned, just that paganism, but also just evidence of the works of darkness in fear and hopelessness and confusion, disorientation, so much so that we as the people of God need to remind ourselves that we have been qualified by Jesus, by his precious blood, by the Holy Spirit to minister in the same spirit, to expect to see the same things happen through our lives that happened in and through the life of Jesus and through the early church. Also, we live in a day in the Western church, unfortunately, where it seems that even to this day, many churches either trivialize, and some of them even go so far as to mock, mock spiritual gifts, the power of the Holy Spirit. What I'm discovering over this last while is that those believers who are truly wise, who understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, there is a growing hunger in the hearts of God's people to be able to minister effectively in this day in which we live, to actually see the power of the Lord impact other lives in us and through us. And also one thing we've been noticing, I think even more this past while, in, in that all the downtime and the lockdowns and all the different things, a lot of folks have picked up hobbies, everybody's renovating their house, everybody's spending more time doing other things, but we are still very much in the Western church, we are still very much a pleasure-oriented culture. 
And we need to understand that's not what we're called to be. But because we allow our lives to become so full of other stuff, we have lost our appetite for the Word of God. There's just a general ignorance of the Word of God today and also just this, this spiritual shallowness that I think in the Western church today by and large, and it is leaving us totally unprepared for the deception that is happening in our culture today. And also it has left us unprepared for what I believe is the coming persecution. And so this morning I want to talk primarily about this idea of discipleship. I want us to refocus on discipling as Jesus and his disciples, his apostles, discipled early believers. And to understand that it's absolutely essential if the church of Jesus Christ in the city of Moncton is going to be his church. You see, we have lots of churches in the city of Moncton. The question is, how many are his church? We have lots of believers in the city of Moncton. The question is, how many disciples do we have in the city of Moncton? How many people are being shaped by the Word of God? How many are being led by the Holy Spirit? How many are actually flowing in Christ-gifted ministry in the midst of probably some of the greatest needs that we have known in our lifetime? There's a distinction. There's a difference. Now, each of the Gospels, as well as Acts chapter 1, it mentions different aspects of what Jesus intended for his church, of the commission or the mandate that Jesus has left with us. And once again, I want us to think about these words as I read them from the various Gospels, remembering that of all, of all the things Jesus could have said to his disciples before leaving this world, this is what he said. So it ought to carry extra weight for all of us. Matthew records, Jesus said, make disciples. Go to all nations, that is, look for opportunities everywhere, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach others what I have taught you. Mark records, go into all the world, preach the gospel, and expect miracles, signs, and wonders to follow you everywhere you go as you preach about Christ. Luke writes, preach repentance and remission of sins. Go to all nations. Be endued with supernatural power by the Holy Spirit. John records Jesus saying, I send you just as I was sent. Now receive the Holy Spirit. He even adds, those whom you forgive will be forgiven. Those sins that you retain will be retained. And then in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, wait to receive the promise of the Father and then witness to the ends of the earth. Now you take all of those components and you add them to Jesus' own declaration when he said in Matthew 16, he said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I'm going to build a bunch of churches. I'm going to build my church. And you're welcome to get into the program if you want, but I'm moving this way. And those who want to move with me, I'm building my church. And the church that I build that gates of hell itself will not be able to stand against. Now, the gates of hell will destroy lots of churches, but not the church that I'm building. I will build my church. And then Jesus describes his own ministry, which again, he calls us to do as he did. He says in Luke chapter 4, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, I have anointed you to go and to preach. As I was sent, I am sending you. As I was anointed, I am anointing you. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Anybody know any brokenhearted people around you? Yeah, the Lord wants to heal them through you. 
He says, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I don't know if we've ever lived in a day where people have just been more oppressed by the works of the enemy. And the Lord says, that's okay, though, because I have my people. I have a remedy to that. I have people who am sending in the midst of all that to break that oppression, to set people free. He says, I've come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, the translation says, I've come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we have a generation, my friends, of people who need to hear the message that you are favored of God. That God loves you. There's a place of blessing to live in. There's a place of presence that you have been invited to live in through Jesus Christ. That is available to you. But the Lord says, I need my people to be the messengers. That's why Jesus said, go to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. And when Jesus said it to the disciples, they understood what he meant. For example, they understood the assignment. The assignment is to share the good news wherever you go. And friends, I want to encourage you, if you have a resolution, a list, put that on your list. Number one, I am going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Number two, I'm going to share the good news everywhere I go. I'm going to look for opportunity to tell people about the forgiveness that is offered in Jesus Christ. I'm going to look for opportunities to tell people there is new life in Christ. What you see, what you're going through, all that's been going on this last while, this is not all there is to life. There's so much more, and it cannot shut down what God wants to do in and through you. They also understood the expectation. Jesus said, I will be with you. And what does that mean? It means that because I am with you, there will be signs of deliverance and healing and restoration to confirm that the message you share, that it's full of power, that it's truth, that it's real. Jesus Christ is real. They understood the requirement, and we forget this sometimes, but the requirement was before you go anywhere or do anything, wait till you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power by the Holy Spirit. And if you're here this morning and you claim to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you're not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit today, I encourage you, seek Jesus for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Friend, we need to be ongoingly filled with the Holy Spirit, not just so we can kind of get through the day or get through the month or get through the year. We need to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit because we need the life of the Spirit that would flow in us and overflow us so we're not weighed down by the stuff around us. But we can actually see what Jesus sees. And with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, there comes just this fresh sense of life and of hope and of expectation. We see where the enemy is at work. We see what he is doing. But we don't get into that stream. We don't get into that flow. We stand up with the Spirit within us and say, Lord, there's just so many opportunities. What are you doing? Who would you touch today? Who would you bring hope to? Who would you be oppressed that you would set free? What are you doing today? How can I get involved in you, with you? They also understood the objective, which is to make disciples who learn to do what Jesus did. And finally, the strategy. Jesus said, I will build my church. And he says, I have given you keys to the kingdom that you can bind things, you can loose things, you can make a difference because you are building my church. You're involved in what I'm doing. Friends, I'll be the first one to tell you, going to church, there's nothing more boring. There's absolutely nothing more boring. I don't know about you, but I got things I can be doing on a Sunday. I woke up this morning thinking about some things I'm going to do today. In fact, I kind of woke up and thought, what is today? 
Now, the way the week has been, like, oh, it's Sunday, that's right, I better get up. And I noticed, by the way, the children have a pajama party. They have a pajama thing in the kids' zone. I thought, what a great idea. I said, we should do that in the sanctuary because half the folks are already half asleep, so you might as well just be comfortable. So just, just come dress comfortably. In any case, I digress. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul has a list of gifts that Jesus has given to the church in the form of people. It doesn't mean they're any more special. It simply means that the Lord has put some structure in place for the purpose of equipping his people. And so we read of apostles and prophets. We read of the evangelists, of pastors and teachers and so on. And they're all given for the purpose, their mandate, their assignment, Jesus says, is to equip believers. What does that mean? I believe in a nutshell, it is to equip believers, number one, to learn and to know how to live in freedom. To stop being influenced up and down, back and forth with every wind, every trend. Just be people who actually know what it means to be free. Who live in the freedom for which we have been called to be, by which we've been set free. Why? For our freedom, but also that we may understand the Lord wants to minister that same freedom to people around us. And so we are called to equip believers to live in freedom and also to be effective in the work of God's kingdom. You see, Jesus not only said that the greatest among us should be the least. That has to do with the the spirit of, of discipleship. But Jesus also said in John 14, those who believe in me will do what I do. And even greater things, in a greater measure, a greater scope, will they do what I have done. Why? Because Jesus was preparing a people who would replicate his ministry. And if I can encourage you into 2022, forget what's going on around us. May your resolution be, Jesus, would you replicate your life in me? That's all I need. Would you replicate your ministry in me? Would you help me to lift up my eyes and to see the needs around me and actually have a heart that's enthusiastic that says, Lord, there's so many needs. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Lord, who do you want to touch? Who do you want to speak to? Whatever it may be, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've called us to be disciples to actually do what you have done. And so when Jesus said, make disciples, I think by making disciples, What they were hearing was simply this. I've jotted down five things. Number one, making disciples means bringing believers to a place of confidence and stability in Christ. That's something I felt very strongly for this coming year, the Lord's saying. I just want you to kind of reestablish some of those foundations. I I just kind of feel like sometimes the church has been, I don't mean just us, but the church in general, it, it kind of reminds me of this big circus tent. You know, and the strong wind comes, and and all of a sudden the tent starts to flap, you know, kind of flapping around. Some of the pegs come loose. And it's not that everything's gone to pot, but it just feels like there's just some areas where, you know what, we just need to drive those stakes down again. Got to drive just a few things. You would be experiencing that that same thing in your own life. Just a sense of kind of losing control or losing discipline or losing fruitfulness, whatever it may be in different areas of your life. And the Lord is saying, I just want you to pay attention to those stuff. I'm not angry at you. It's not that you're fruitless, but I just, there's some things I want you to just establish again. I want you to drive those stakes in. So we need to bring believers to that place of stability in Christ. We also need to teach believers, as we saw this morning, how important it is that you be baptized, as Jesus said. Also leading believers to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. May this be a year that we understand like never before that the baptism with the Holy Spirit was never something Jesus intended to be optional. It is a promise and it is absolute necessity for every single person who names the name of Jesus who actually wants to be a disciple of his. 
Also, I believe they understood making disciples to mean that we are to equip people to understand ministry gifts, to understand the ability or the power the Holy Spirit brings, and then finally pointing people toward Christ-like ministry. That is not just about living Christian lives, it's Christ-like ministry. You see, we're called to replicate the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a disciple. In other words, in the early church, we see that their vision and their values were not decided by cultural trends. And we just tend to do that in the Western church today. Well, this is kind of the hot topic. This is kind of the the new way to communicate. This is some trendy thing. This will draw uh, the attention of some people. No, they didn't do that in the early church. Their vision and their values were exclusively determined by how Jesus had trained them and what they had seen Jesus do and what Jesus had assigned them to do. That was the bar. Friends, the first century church could give a rip what the Roman Empire was doing. Rome was going to be Rome. Nero was going to be Nero. The government was going to be the government. That's okay. Our government's not of this world, and our enemy is not people. We wrestle against spiritual powers, and the Lord has given us all the tools, all the weapons, all the authority that we need if we'll keep the main thing the main thing. And so as we go into the new year, we don't have to worry about what is going to happen. We need wisdom. We need boldness to confront things that are lies, things that are oppressing people. We need to take our place into the voice in our community. But friends, we need to be about the business of the kingdom. Jesus is still about people. He's still about that person at work in that cubicle who's just terrified for no reason whatsoever. He's, he's concerned about those children in our school, again, who are afraid they're going to die because of all the nonsense they listen to. You see, he's concerned about where people are and what people are going through. And he's called us to be people of love, of humility, but people of light, people of truth, but people who minister to whatever the need may be. If it's oppression, we've come to set them free. If it's depression, we have power to break that. Whatever it may be, if it's sickness, the Lord has given us power to heal, to pray. I haven't made it too complicated this morning, but that's just my resolution. Lord, I just want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to be in 2022. I want to be a man of God, somebody who walks with the Lord in whatever may come our way. You see, believers and disciples are not the same thing. Neither are disciples necessarily confined to just being believers. Disciples are actually followers of Jesus Christ who are open to the new dimensions of obedience of empowering, of ministry, of service that Jesus wants to grow in everyone who's following him. That's why Jesus commanded that every believer be baptized in water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, water baptism, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that's not just a formula. Water baptism itself is not just some kind of ritual rite of passage we go through to say, oh, now I'm part of the church. The water represents our relationship with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We understand that. But it also means that in Jesus, I am entering into a realm that is represented by water. That's what you need to understand. You see, if I am truly a disciple of Jesus Christ, I am moving into a flow of the Spirit. I am moving into a flow of a river that I need to remain in. 
You see, where we go wrong, where we go get frustrated, where we respond like others who have no hope, where we are ineffective as followers of Jesus Christ, is when we come to Christ, we begin in this realm, but then we stop going with the flow, and we just kind of serve the Lord academically. Oh yeah, the gospel makes sense. I believe in Jesus. I try to be a good person, all that kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that as part of it. But friends, we have been brought into a flow. We have been brought into a realm that we are called to abide in. We are called to remain in that. We are called to flow in that and to be determined that we are going to have that flowing in and through our lives by the Holy Spirit. That's how we minister the life of Jesus Christ to others. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I was thinking this morning as I was preaching a book I read many, many years ago. It was by Dutch Sheets. I don't remember the name of it. It had to do something with intercession. But I love the, the, the analogy that he gave. And he talked about how when we come into the river, it's not just about us, you know, swimming in the river. It's not about us just, you know, kind of going along with the flow of the river. That's wonderful. But we are actually called to live in the river. That is to say, spiritually speaking, you might say that we actually sprout gills. We are people who actually learn to breathe underwater. We are people who actually become comfortable being immersed in the Holy Spirit. And that's where we want to be. Because the moment we step on shore again and get out of that river, we may have that semblance of Christianity. It doesn't mean we've lost our salvation, but we've stopped moving with the Spirit. We've stopped being where Jesus is, doing what Jesus wants to do. Do you follow me this morning? We've moved to being believers, but we're no longer disciples. Jesus said, if you are my disciple, then these are the things that will characterize your life. And that's my resolution for 2022. He said, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, I believe is so important because he's saying, listen, when you were baptized, I want you to know something. You're not joining a religion. You are becoming sons and daughters of God. That's why we baptize in the name of the Father. You're part of the Father's family now. And what that does is it creates this whole new sense of confidence for living in our lives. Friends, when you really understand that you are a daughter of God, a son of God, you have a whole different bar. You have a whole different realm of expectation. That's what the Lord wants to invite us into. We baptize in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, because we're reminded that Jesus Christ, we're being baptized into a relationship with Him, whereby He is the master of my life. He's not just my Savior, He is my Lord. What does that mean? It means I am being trained by Jesus. We're going to look more at this in this coming, this coming month, but I want to ask as you move into 2021, or 2022, <laughs> wherever we are, who cares? As you move into moral, that you say, Jesus, I want to be trained by you. I want to deliberately be walking with you. I was talking to a young lady in the first service. We were praying together. Just encourage her. If you don't do it already, obviously read the Word of God. He speaks to us through His Word. But I encourage you to journal. Make note of what it is the Lord is speaking to you, the things you're working on, the things He encourages you by. Whatever it may be, tangible measures the Lord gives us to say, look, I am working in your life. But you see, so often because things don't happen immediately, we just give up. We think the Lord doesn't care. How many physical, natural resolutions do you make that you expect to change overnight? You don't, right? How many are going to the gym next week? I think I got half the church joined up at Planet Fitness. Best deal in town. 
But what do you do? You go and you understand, I have to give myself to some basic disciplines for a goal that I know is going to bring freedom. It's going to bring joy. It's going to bring a sense of fulfillment and health. We have no problem with that in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm, some of we think it has to change overnight or it's not worth it. No, we have to give ourselves to the process the Lord has. Anyways, be baptized in the name of the Father, baptize in the name of the Son, be discipled by Him, and then thirdly, be baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit. What that says to me is that we are to stay open to the regular flow of rivers of living water. You see, in the New Testament church, believers were taught to believe and be baptized in Jesus' name. And then right away, they were led to expect and most times experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And their lives were changed. And the rare occasion that that didn't happen, they were given more teaching, more ministry, like we see in Acts 8 and Acts 19, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to flow in that river. You see, the focus here is that we be more concerned about Jesus' plan to build His church than we are about our plans to build a church. And that's my heart for 2022. Lord, I have no desire just to build a church, to grow a church, to keep a church running. Lord, I want this church, I want Glad Tidings to be your church. I want to be a disciple who's being shaped by Jesus Christ. I want us as a congregation collectively to determine we will be disciples of Jesus Christ. We will not only believe in him, but we will choose to jump in that river to stay in that river, to go in the flow of that river until we see the life of Jesus being replicated in us because that's the church that he is building. And Jesus builds his church by breaking into our culture with spirit-filled Christians who minister in that same love, in that same humility, and in that same power that the early church did. I believe, friends, more than ever, we need to understand in the day in which we are living, we need, our city needs, to see people who are qualified to minister the love and power of Jesus Christ. That's my goal for this year. Anybody want to join me? 2022. Amen. Who knows what's coming our way? Only God. Who cares what's coming our way? Right? Just like the disciples said, Jesus... And if I could paraphrase in our day, Lord, how long will it be before we return to the normal? And Jesus said, who cares about the normal? That doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my kingdom. Just think of what the church was birthed in. Galatians says, when the fullness of time came, God sent his son. He could have sent him at any time. And yet he seemed to send him at the most impossible time. If you ever want to plant a church, <laughs> the most impossible time. And I believe one of the reasons was Jesus was demonstrating, if I can birth my church in glory, in fire, in the midst of hell and paganism itself, of the Roman Empire, there's no place that my church can not only not grow, but can not overthrow the powers of darkness and bring my kingdom into hearts and homes and in communities. I'm excited for this year. Really am. Really excited. Thank you for listening to the GT Moncton podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, contact info at gtmoncton.com. Follow us on social media at GT Moncton 
or check out our website, gtmoncton.com. Have a great week and God bless.